0: Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Amber Smith, and I serve on the leadership team at our Norwood Park location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something that would be consistent, that would help add a little sense of rhythm to your life. And so to do that, we've created The Daily Cut, where we're posting a short devotional every day. we hope that you'll join us and that you'll enjoy listening. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Amber Smith. Well, if you've been tuning into the podcast this whole week, you would know that each person has shared, has been sharing a little bit about a good word for me. In other words, something from the word of God that's been especially encouraging or challenging to them during this time. And I'm the last one of those who are going to talk on this topic. So I want to share with you a word that the Lord was laying on my heart about two weeks ago. It's kind of funny how this scripture became alive to me. Actually, my sister and I had been in a conversation on the phone, and she called me and was telling me about some of the things that she'd been listening to on the radio, about how this COVID situation could possibly be a sign of the end times. And if I know one thing for sure, I know that I am no eschatologist. In fact, whenever someone starts talking to me about the end times, it usually tells me that it's not the end times. Because I always re, um, refer back to that verse that, that says that no one knows the day or the hour. and so if you think that it's soon, then you must be must for sure be wrong because no one knows for sure the day or the hour. And talking about the end times sometimes actually makes me feel really uncomfortable a little nervous, and maybe even a little bit fearful, and so I was really just writing my sister's comments off and kind of poo-pooing her thoughts on the subject and trying to steer the conversation in another direction as quickly as possible, but then the very next morning as I was reading my Bible, which as a side note, I'm reading through the Bible in a year and I have an incredible plan to do it, so if you want an easy-to-follow, easy-to-stick-to plan to read the Bible in a year— please feel free to reach out to me. I left my email in the description of today's podcast, and I would love to share it with you. But anyway, I'm reading the Bible, reading the assignment for the the morning, the assignment for the morning in my Bible reading time, and it it was 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I open my Bible, I look at the page, and the title right there on the top of the page was The Day of the Lord. Don't you just love it when the Lord does that? when he just makes it so clear that he's talking right to you and it just jumps off the page at you. I'm not going to read the whole passage to you but for the sake of time, but the the whole chapter really is so super good. So if you get a chance to read it, please take some time and just reflect on Paul's words to the church in Thessalonica and what those words might mean for you and for me today. But quickly, let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, And we're going to read verses 1 to 11 in the ESV version. It says, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there's peace and security, then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. and love, and for a helmet, this hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. In the last half of chapter 4, Paul was dealing with concerns that the Thessalonian believers had, thinking that those who had died prior to Christ's second coming would not be part of the resurrection. And Paul reassures them here, and he says, if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. And then he went on to say that the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive, who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we will be with the Lord forever. That's chapter 4. But then chapter 5 continues this discussion on Christ's second coming, but pro- from the perspective of those who will be alive at the time of Christ's coming. He says the day of the Lord will be an end-time event that will bring judgment to the guilty and deliverance to the faithful. There's numerous references in the prophet's to the day of the Lord, Isaiah 13, 6, Jeremiah 46, 10, Ezekiel 13, 5, and many, many more. Paul says that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Thieves don't typically signal that they're coming, do they? They come when we least expect it so that no one will interfere with their plans. They prefer the night when darkness will hide what they're doing and their victims will be asleep. The day of the Lord will be like that. It will come at an unexpected time, so it's important to be prepared for his coming. Once the Lord has come, people's fates will already be finalized. For for the faithful, it will be a day of vindication, of salvation and hope. But for the unfaithful, it will be a day of judgment. Verse 3 says that while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains coming from from a pregnant woman, they will not escape. The people who are saying peace and security are expressing their pleasure their pleasure at living safe and comfortable lives. Man, I can sure relate to that, can't you? There are so many times lately when I've said to myself, oh, I just had life so good before this quarantine and I can't even imagine how good it was and I can't wait for things to get back to normal. This verse reminds us of Jesus' comment about the way that people were living at the time of Noah. He says in Matthew chapter 24, 37 through 39 As the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as though in those days which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the boat. And they didn't know until the flood came. And then It took them all away. So will it be with the coming of the Son of Man. I'm sure that at this point you're thinking to yourself, so Amber, how are these verses supposed to be an encouragement? I mean, this actually sounds pretty terrible and pretty overwhelming. And the fact is, friends, that the day of the Lord will be terrible for those who are not found in Christ, those who are unfaithful. But in these next few verses, Paul will emphasize that for these Thessalonian believers, the day of the Lord will be a day of salvation and a day of hope rather than a day of judgment. He says, but you, Thessalonians, believers, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. Light and darkness are used in, old, in, in the Old Testament as metaphors for good and evil, or order and chaos, security and danger, joy and sorrow, life and death, salvation and condemnation. Paul's point here is that the Thessalonian believers don't have anything to fear because they aren't living in the darkness, nor are they engaged in dark activities As believers, they are committed to loving God and loving their neighbor and to having those actions reflect those affections. Therefore, the day of the Lord will not surprise them like a thief. In verse 5, he tells them why. He says, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Paul ties the security of these believers into their identity who they are at the core of their being. They are children of light, children of day. So they don't belong to the night or to the darkness. The word belong here has to do with a being, whose they are. Those who are of the light cannot also be of the darkness. That's a powerful image here because light cannot coexist with darkness. The light of even a small candle will brighten up the whole darkness throughout a large room. In a conflict between light and darkness, light will always win. We need to be sure not to hide our light under a basket, but put it on a stand where it'll spread light afar. Jesus said, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Friends, now more than ever is the time for us to let our light shine. Paul goes on to say, Don't do not let sleep as the rest do. So then, do not let us sleep as the rest do, but let's watch and be sober. Paul is using the word sleep metaphorically here. We must sleep physically, but we must not allow ourselves to be lulled into spiritual apathy. The rest in this context are those who are not children of light. Paul means that believers must live in a state of spiritual readiness ready to meet spiritual challenges, ready to defend their faith. The word sober here means sober in two different senses. First, it has to do with the avoidance of of alcohol or intoxication. Second, it has to do with the kind of behavior that we associate with sobriety, self-control, sound judgment, discretion, dependability, wise decisions. This is something we all really need in this season, don't we? We need to live as those who are wise, making good choices, making good decisions for ourselves and for our families and for those that we care about. Paul goes on to say in verse 7, for those who sleep, sleep in the night, and those who are drunk, are drunk in the night. Sleep and drunkenness are two activities associated with the night. In this verse, Paul sets up contrast between the behavior of night people and the behavior of day people. Night people sleep, they're spiritually dull or apathetic, they get drunk and fail to maintain self-control and exercise sound judgment. But then Paul says, but let us, since we belong to the day, be sober. So in verse five, he told the Thessalonian Christians that they don't belong to the night. Now he's telling them that they do belong to the day. Paul calls these believers to act in a way that's consistent with their identity in Christ. To act as those who are followers of Jesus. They are day people of the day, so they should maintain self control and exercise sound judgment. Then he tells them that they should put on the breastplate of faith and love, a helmet and the hope of salvation. This is familiar language here, isn't it? You'll probably recognize it from Ephesians chapter 6, 11 through 17, the armor of God passage. The breastplate and the helmet our defensive gear, designed to help soldiers survive in battle. It's appropriate. It's an appropriate metaphor for us as followers of Christ. We are in a battle every day. The enemy is seeking to discourage and defeat us. First Thessalonians, oh, no, 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 1 Peter 5, 8, says that your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. As followers of Jesus, we need a good defense here. And Paul says that faith, love, and the hope of salvation provide us with a defense against the enemy. In verse nine, Paul reminds the Thessalonians and us of the reality of the gospel. Here's the truth, my friends. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we're awake or asleep, we might live with him. This is the hope we have. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. But Jesus gave himself for us so that we could not have to pay the penalty of our sin. And that is our hope, the hope of our salvation. Paul closes these verses with the reminder that, from verse, chap- uh, from verse 11. Therefore, since you've heard all of these things and been reminded of the gospel, exhort one another and build each other up. The word exhort here can also mean comfort. As followers of Jesus, we need to engage in an ongoing process of building one another up, encouraging one another, comforting each other, sharing our joys and our sorrows with each other, and offering support to one another. Now more than ever before. Don't wait, you guys, until things get back to normal. Right now we are called to do this for one another. Man, isn't this a good word for us? Here's the thing. After spending time in these verses, that day after having that conversation with my sister on the phone, I realized something. I realized that for us as followers of Jesus, the end times... The day of the Lord is not something that we should be anxious or fearful about at all. Whether that day is indeed upon us now or whether it will still be in another 2,000 years, the fact is that the day of the Lord is something that we should look for and look forward to. It's a day that we should hope for. And as we wait for that day, we should encourage one another and build each other up in the reality that this world is not our home, that our trials here in this life will not be true of us forever, that our identity and our hope and our trust and our faith is not in this life, but in the one who is victorious over sin and shame and pain and darkness and death. And we have an eternal hope. While we wait for that day to come, we should continue to spread the hope of Christ so that others might be drawn into the kingdom of God as they see the love of God in us. So let me ask you this. If Christ were were to return today, how would he find you living? Would you be as those in the night or as those in the day? Are you ready to meet him today? If so, how would you encourage those around you who are discouraged? How are you helping the weak and comforting the brokenhearted? If you're not certain if you are ready to meet Christ, we here on this podcast would love to talk more with you. We would love to connect with you to help you to be sure that you know where your hope lies, that you would be confident and excited to meet Jesus face-to-face one day. So, please reach out to me. Again, my information is in the description of this podcast, and and let us, let me help you take your next step in your faith journey. I want to leave you today with verse 23 and 24 of 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Christ is the one who does the work in us. Will you let him work in your heart today? Thanks for listening today. I hope that you were encouraged. We'll be back with another short devotional, so stay tuned.